It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That's a really neat room you've got there. So you are in Louisiana this evening? I'm in Louisiana this evening. Yeah, I I've, I've, I've leave uh, tomorrow. So this was a good good timing. But yeah, I had some, had some gigs here. Yeah, this room is an eclectic um, version of, of stuff where I actually teach um, a little bit of some poor unsuspecting souls, uh, ear training and improv and do a little writing. So yeah, it's kind of, it's a little maddening. So that's the room where all the uh, creativity is being manufactured. Mostly. I think I have a piano and a keyboard in every room of our house. So actually it's kind of everywhere, you know. So whenever it hits you, it's like, I'm, I'm getting to the keyboard right now. Right. It's in every, it's in every room. My husband's kind of resigned. That's just the way it is. You know, <laughs> furniture, furniture is secondary. Keyboards and pianos are essential. So where does your story start? You have been, you were in the financial sector, banking, and uh, oh. you always seem to have the knack for music. Yeah. So when well, did this become full time? I bet, bet, well, I guess I need to kind of go back and, and re, restate why. My, my parents are full-time musicians. My father was one of the original owners of Malico Recording Studios out of Jackson, Mississippi. And my mom is a jazz crooner who's performed professionally since about 11. Like they would like, seriously, they would whisk her out of school and put her on a stage at the television show in front of a big orchestra. So I had no chance other than to be a musician in my household. And, but my father was very um, pretty um, vocal about having a good, uh, you know, solid academic um, background as well. Just, uh, just, just, not have all your eggs in one basket, but still continue your your music pursuits. So my brother and I, he's a musician as well. He's a a lawyer. And then I turned and I was a a banker in the financial industry, but I've always, always played music and always uh, have never let that go. But uh, as of late, I finally have 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 so many uh, musical collaborations that I'm doing with other folks and uh, just kind of at a time in my life where I don't want to not be able to get in the studio and record original music that, I, that, I, that I'm proud at, at this stage of the game. So now I'm a full-time musician. Oh, that's got to feel so good. Was it a little nerve-wracking at first saying, oh, I'm going to take this on full-time. It's, you know, music's not that easy and, you know, banking it, is. I think I kind of... I think I was living the, the kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire in the uh, that movie. That was me. And, you know, changing in the phone booth uh, from one from one setting to the other. And so I think I lived that life for a while. 
and um, but yeah, I wanted kind of certain things just kind of pointed me in the right direction that um, that I, that music was kind of where where my heart was, and I knew that. So I I don't think it actually was nerve wracking. I think it was actually a relief that I was finally able to immerse myself and not be so not be so torn during the day. You know, not going on a on a break or go to the green room for a band and and approve a wire for thirty thirty million dollar wire. That was that was nerve wracking. So yeah. the opposite has actually been quite nice. That's really awesome. So, and and now you've been racking up some recording. So, uh, how much have you recorded now? Well, I've done, we've just done some live some live recordings of of some shows, but we're actually scheduled to go into the studio using uh, Dockside, which is a legendary studio in our 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 area. It's um it's a it's a great place, and so we're we're doing that at the end of October, and I'll be featuring. A lot of musicians, you know, some some core uh, musicians that that I collaborate with, I play with the Blue Monday All Stars, which have we have a lot of Grammy winning folks on that stage, and so I'll be fortunate enough to have them in my company for laying down some New Orleans blues ish uh, tunes that I've written, and then I'll but for some of the more progressive jazz uh, tunes that I'll probably use um, some slightly different musicians that. Uh, where that's their specialty and I get and I'm privileged to be able to play with them as well you know all the time so there's a lot of collaboration that I feel will be on this specific um, CD or, or collection of songs yeah on your website you've got some really uh, great clips up on there uh, if you let everybody know where we can see your website and you got a media page there with some clips and it's really it's nice stuff Thank you. It's a jillbutlerjazz.com is the actual website and the media clips are, are evolving. I mean, there are some that are just some uh, random clips of different, you know, shows I've done with other people. And then again, we've had some, some clips when I perform some original material, but we'll be adding more, especially from the studio session as we've um, can kind of capture some live moments yeah. with those musicians in action. I think studio session uh, videos, I think are quite interesting uh, because you, you capture the good, the bad, and the the, you know, the snarky expression or the maybe, or the glimmer in the eye, like we did that right. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of that that we'll have a videographer to be able to kind of capture the spontaneity. Um, but it's really been a fun journey for me to, to write. I've always written music, but to actually not just start a piece, but finish it or determine when is it finished and does it have enough uh, complexity? And uh, I plan on doing some solo piano with like a, maybe an, an occasional other, other instrument on a few of those pieces that are more suitable for that, more truly acoustic, really vulnerable pieces for me, but in a good way. So uh, there are a lot everything? You, you, you are words and uh, music, you, you're able to do both? able to do what i'm sorry do both you're able to do both you do words and music you're a lyricist and you uh come up with the melodies as well yes i think the the majority of what i've written is they're they're instrumental only kind of in a a bill evans herbie hancock you know inspired or joey alexander the, the my latest um hero of genre you know so that that's that really speaks to me because i feel like words 
for some songs just are not necessary. And matter of fact, one of my tunes is called Unspoken. And it's about uh, the relationship between my father and myself, because usually I live in Pensacola. And when I go to visit, he has an amazing, they squoze a, a, a concert grand in a small space. So you see it right when you walk through the door, but usually we don't even say hello. We just sit down and play for hours. Oh, uh, and, and, and so there's an unspoken language. And then eventually we might say, oh, hi, how are you? You know, but it, there's uh, between my father and I, there, there's just uh, amazing magic that occurs. So there are a lot of instrumentals that I felt did not need lyrics. It would almost lessen the impact of the, of the, of the chord voicings and the melody in this, in those songs. But a few others I've written do have, do have lyrics. So there was a artist, Carol Fran, that I had the privilege of playing for her in her last decade of life. She recently passed away about a year ago. She's a legendary blues performer, all of, performed all over the world. And uh, she was a spitfire. And I wrote a song called Miss C's Do Me Right Blues about, you know, don't bring me flowers when I'm gone, bring them when, when I'm awake. You know, better do yeah, right. That's on your, uh, your so, page. You know, some I of those that. were deserving. Yeah. It's really nice. I, I saw that on the on the page today. Yeah, she's she was a she's a, a tough lady um, to work with, but we hit it off. Uh, there was something about her that we clicked, really clicked. Yeah, yeah, very nice. I, I think you were saying on the clip that she hadn't heard it yet uh, when you were performing that. Well, and the and the, and the band hadn't either, and that's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> they were geniuses, though. Yeah, you have great musicians around you. Some great uh, sax performances as well. I really, really enjoyed on that song, Even Tide. Uh, oh, well, thank really you for listening. Nice. Well, Ron, uh, fortunate that I can um, collaborate with Ron Eads, who's actually the original Muscle Shoals horn wow. section lead. You know, there was a it was a trio of men that were hired on two hundred plus hits and he's you know performed with elton john leonard skinner tour but i mean he's been on so many so original songs he can't even remember them all and so he's um he's a sax player that i get to play with all the time i get I'm, we're very spoiled here in south louisiana very spoiled oh, sure. so many great yeah. musicians but a lot of times when playing with ron i'll say ron did you play on this original it's like yeah i think i did he's not even sure <laughs> i remember but he's amazing. I just can look at him and he just like takes off like a rocket. So, yeah. I mean, to be that gifted and you can basically yeah. do that in your sleep. I, yeah. I'm really impressed with sax players. They just make it seem so effortless, but wow. Yeah. What, what, a, what a nice addition to any song. True. So, I, but I, um, I learned from every time we collaborate, you know, together, there's always to me that, that unspoken language between musicians, they'll pass a, pass a little musical message your way and if you pick it up you got to do something with it before you pass it back mm. some musicians don't pick it up at all or they don't pick up what i threw out there but that's always the challenge like did they hear what i just did and then you make it into something else and just that's the fun dodgeball aspect of yeah. <laughs> your husband got you to be in south louisiana it's now how do you say it because then everywhere there's a lafayette lafayette it's like it's pronounced different in every state wherever those it is. right and i think if you if you don't pay attention to the state you might end up in indiana you know by accident right. on a flight not careful it's <laughs> it's pronounced lafayette so you kind of emphasize the la the la part of part of it but it's a very acadian um 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pocket of the world, kind of been pretty internationally aware relative, you know, to, to the, the rest of the South. But, but um, yes, that was, my husband's the instigator for that. I was uh, working for one of the big, huge, uh, big eight consulting uh, firms out of Dallas, straight out of a University of Texas uh, graduate. And Whitingson uh, had the job flying everywhere and um, consulting. Yeah, yeah. Austin, Austin is that little bastion in Texas where all the creativity is like so un- unlike a lot of the other parts of Texas. Uh, unreal, yeah. Um, yeah, I wish a lot of the graduates from University of Texas, we all wanted to stay in Austin, but it hadn't really become the Austin yeah. that it is today at that, at that time. But um, so we all picked other other destinations, but I was working you know, around the clock, flying everywhere and and uh, quality of life kind of hard, you know, as an as a newlywed. So we 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 moved to Louisiana. He, my husband's uh, in the radio business and there was an opportunity for him that made sense in, the, in management as well as uh, on air talent. So I um, picked quality of life. So oh, we, it's all around you, the music and having the, the DJ in the house. That, that's really just yeah, like. It's, you know. He's funny almost all of the time. I've been married for, you know, three decades now. And, uh, and he's still funny. Oh, so that's I guess awesome. that's good. Yeah, he does a lot of character voices. So it's, you know, it's like, who are you today? You know? Oh, I love <laughs> that. I love impressionists. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's yeah, he's got a very different. I mean, I'm very left brain and right brained at the same time and he's clearly the one that's only creative which i think is the right the right brain only creative yeah <laughs> that's great not, not much practicality <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in mississippi it was all around your music you just took on uh, keyboard I, piano very very young i did probably as soon as i could re- reach the piano about four maybe years old maybe younger um i think i watched my father play and i did my best to, to learn how and eat. And I did have some classical lessons um, early on, fortunately from this amazing lady who was a great improviser and had an excellent ear. And so she recognized in me that I had a very good ear. And so she did not discourage it like some music teachers do. She actually encouraged it and uh, had me off, you know, doing all like, here, let's play. Do you know the Muffin Man, but play it eight different ways. Like, okay, I got that. And so at an early age, that clicked um, with me. And so I learned some dexterity with classical piano, being able to play the Bach and and, um, Chopin, you know, Mm -hmm. finger positions. But then I took off completely in a different direction in the jazz and blues arena of listening by ear and then coming up with my own voicings but still with a knowledge of theory, you can't, I don't think you're, you can have an appreciation of music without having some architectural substance knowledge of knowing what the song, like when mm-hmm. it departs off the page and then when it come, comes back. 
and being able to teach that to others of the A section, B section, and oh wait, we just modulated to different key, you know, kind of thing. And then oh, now we're back home again. So I think when I play music, like I'm in a house, you know, I'm in this room and I think very compartmentalized from some of that theory knowledge. So you learned to read music very young. Was that something you I, learned in regular school? I did, I did but reading um, was more of, of a means so that I could quickly memorize and then not have to read it again. So for me, for some others, reading is an essential item and it's, but to me, I, it was a frustration. I would do it. And for the classical composers, I would out of respect, you know, it's gotta be note for note. Um, but I did have some judges when I would be in competitions to say, well, that was, I really loved your interpretation of your Bach piece <laughs> or Bach would have loved your interpretation. <laughs> Quite interesting, kind of a backhanded compliment. Like you did that really well, even though it really wasn't what you're supposed to do. So, um, so I just, I think I've always been rebellious as a reader and trying to put some, my own personal spin. I just have a hard time mentally not going there. I feel like that's what my gift is and I can do it. Otherwise I can stay between the lines, but I feel like my gift is to be able to hear something a little different and even on a cover tune try to try to personalize it that's just where my my passion resides musically who did you listen to growing up uh, at least pop wise and you were into a lot of jazz musicians as well but a lot of jazz, jazz musicians I, and more. yeah i think it was always on it, there was jazz everywhere playing in my house all the time um pop wise a lot of Steely Dan, a lot of Michael McDonald, Blue-Eyed Soul uh, influence, Toto, great studio musicians, James yeah. Taylor, um, you know, that, that, that whole segment for sure was very influ influential to me. Um, so I guess a lot of male, male performers. Yeah, male ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you, I that's great. I, I noticed that you had covered um, Tracy Chapman. I came across that clip, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think anything that has some grit, grit to it, yeah. um, I, and especially as I've gotten um, more immersed into the Louisiana music scene, Marsha Ball is a huge influence. She mm. travels around uh, the globe, but she's very uninhibited about her style and never unapologetic about her style. And it's a lot of the Professor Longhair, uh, New Orleans jazz influence mixed in with just that Louisiana gritty, crunchy um, vibe. And so there's also, a, you know, Mark Broussard is a local hero here who travels the globe. And it's that same earthiness that I try to try to bring out, you know, and when I'm performing. And so at least that speaks speaks to me. But yeah. uh, but there are, I'm sure there are other performers that uh, to me, like musically, Dave Grusin, uh, David Benoit, uh, Bob James, uh, Bill Evans, Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, all of that set, uh, Vince Guaraldi. I think one of the very first uh, songs I learned to play by ear was the Linus and Looney, Lucy um, theme song from oh, yeah. Peanuts. I think I was about seven. And it covered, it has like that, that bass line that, that oh, yeah. you know, is unforgiving. You got to keep it rolling. And I just um, loved mm. all that. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like comfort food. That music, I, I love that. Yeah, especially that one. But I, I like your cover right. of Minute by Minute, Michael McDonald. It brings me back to that time in the seventies, the late seventies, and it's just a you know, very, very nice cover. And I know she did that. You mash it up right after uh, your own take on uh, the Beatles' "Blackbird." So oh. that's very nice. That was probably spontaneous. Some of that I don't think was very planned. Uh, but yeah, well, the Blackbird is, well, Blackbird just an especially uh, significant song to me. Just so I think everybody has a journey that every, like, just when we think somebody has it really easy or their, their path might be just smooth sailing, we find out, hey, it wasn't, you know, they had, they had some things to overcome and just ways to remember that they can fly. And so I think that 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 song just really speaks to me. Just when you think you're kind of kicked down, you might have a broken wing or an injured wing. It's like just keep moving and and, and meet meet your creator halfway, and she'll do something brave, and you'll take take back off again. So that so Blackbird is kind of that epiphany um, song to me. I guess one of many, but especially that song. Yeah, I like seeing an artist taking that, and you really make an ear own because you just think Blackbird's just a, you know the, the acoustic guitar, but doing it through keyboard and doing your interpretation of it, you really made it your own. Thank you, and I and I think I hear things sometimes in a what I call a really modal way, yeah. like that interval of the fourths uh, of open voicing force and harmonies, and not trying to throw too many other notes um, in there speaks to me as a musician. Um, I don't know. I guess we just, if we were to all kind of walk around life, we must have our theme song that follows us, you yeah. know, of, of the sounds that we kind of emulate too. And those are some of the sounds that I feel maybe are the most tribal for me. So I'd like to try to bring those out in ballads, especially. Yeah, but, they're all done. You know, we're both here because of COVID. I mean, I'm doing this podcast. This was born out of COVID and you leaving your career and all that. We wouldn't be doing this without COVID. Did a lot of, um, work uh that you've been writing did that come out of the it, pandemic you it actually did well and i had announced my you know retirement from early retirement for the bank um and just was running nine times you know 12 hours a day prior to that point hmm. and then you know had had some reasons to kind of slow down and then you're like the world stopped so yeah it was for to me i would I mean initially was delighted that there was some times horror, you know, very sad for the state of our world and the, the scariness of a vir virus of that, that magnitude, but very appreciative of the solitude and a chance to get to write without having to leave the house to do, to do other things right away. So um, a lot, I know so many people posted uh, playing music, including Michael McDonald would, would, play for an hour and, right. and I, uh, there was yeah. there was an artist Fred Hirsch out of New York City that I think he said well, I'm going to play an hour every day and then yeah. week by week I think he got a little fatigued and then it became a little more scarce I think it's it, it everybody was trying so hard to contribute in a joyful way to keep the joy component there because it's such an I think it's such an essential element music is and visual art, it's an essential element for us to stay alive, mm. to have that feed our soul, feed our eyes, feed our heart, feed our, just our energy. So without it, there's, it's, if it's, it feels out of balance. So a lot of the musicians, we all felt the need 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To either express ourselves, it ourselves or hear from others. Play. Mm-hmm. I would seek it out. So I enjoyed being able to pull up. Fred Hirsch's site or any other artist, Emmett Cohen is another one out of New York City who was great about featuring artists from his living room. And it was just a real pleasure. It's like, wow, that's a front row seat that I've never had, you know, to yeah. an Emmett living room concert. So I, I thought it was a very vulnerable, but priceless time. Yeah. Yeah. I was amazed. Uh, Peter Frampton did some stuff from uh, his living room. Really? Yeah, well, it was just so amazing. It's just wonderful stuff. So you got out and now you've been touring and you're just doing it all, it sounds like, you know, being a wife and a mother and all of that. So how, how does that jive with uh, personal and family life? Well, unfortunately, our, our my husband and I, we have two children that are um, adults now. And so they are both have graduated from college and are kind of on in their own uh, respective career. So as we still try to see them as much as possible but I'm not the the day-to-day mom of small children, you know, so that's been very a different phase of our lives in that respect. So that's also um, provided a little more freedom to me. And my husband is just so thankful that I get the chance to do this because he knows how long I've been playing music and how hard it's been juggling both. So he's, says he's very delighted for me to be on when I'm on the, you know, he's very supportive and helpful to me in, in all respects and try to, to keep, keep me being able to, to do what I do. So he's only disgruntled when he has to carry my 80 pound keyboard, like, <laughs> vo- like vocally disgruntled, <laughs> he lets everybody know. So he needs a real, he needs a ribbon. Like, feeling. <laughs> he needs a medal or, something Um, but I do you know tell him thank you all the time so that's been that's been really great but I think the thing just being able to um, never know who you're going to run into Um, like for instance I was in Hot Springs Arkansas and happened upon you know being able to play um, do some things at the Ohio Club and then Clyde Pound who used was like the lead arranger for Johnny Mathis and Mel, you know, Mel Treme, he's, he's there as a piano player. It's like, it lives now in hot springs, you know, was from LA and Hawaii. It's like, you just never know who's going to be in that market playing music. So it's just, um, that it, it, it just a little, little jazz club. So little I think jazz I, club, yeah, that's nice. Th- those yeah, are the kind really of venues enjoy. you pretty much, you know, pretty much work in and uh, those jazz clubs in it. Uh, what, what region of the country? Um, I don't think there's a region that's excluded. I mean, I think that uh, geographically, of course, I'm closer to clubs that are in Florida and uh, uh, would like to play clubs in Atlanta, um, you know, in Charlotte, Greenville, up and down that whole East Coast. Oh, yeah. uh, but it is, you know, there are so many in, te- in, in Texas. I mean, I'm really, there, I don't think that there's an area that I would exclude. I've done oh. a little work in Portland, um, in that section 
uh, Portland, Oregon, rather than Portland. Oh, wow. yeah. So you're flying out for those, or you're not driving all that way. No, no, no. That would be no. I don't think that I would be physically capable to. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got gigs all along the way, then it would make sense. Right. Right. And I've recently did some things in Denver. Um, you know, that was really delightful and oh. uh, old. And so I just um, just appreciative for the the ability to be in different areas and have uh, people that I can can stay with or whatever that and kind of make it all work. They can also kind of help me help me get up, get set up with equipment and that sort of thing. Yeah, that helps knowing the right people in those places. Right. And, uh, Unless there's a piano, yeah, already there and then I just show up and and play that's that's the best and best best possible scenario but the musicians you know a lot of times the house musicians are great or other pickup musicians are excellent or i have an ability just to i enjoy playing uh solo and and being able to enjoy being more intimate with the crowd that's there and and letting them hear my interpretation of what a bass player would do when you're playing solo piano you have to cover cover the other instruments whether you really, uh, whether that's your forte or not. And so that's a little bit more challenging to make sure that there's an essential element kind of represented rhythmically uh, in all respects. Yeah. Are, are there certain pieces of equipment that you uh, prefer, certain keyboards, certain pianos that uh, you get comfortable with and you say, that's my baby? I think I think I'm a Yamaha uh, yeah. artist. You know, I'm not, a, not Yamaha endorsed, but I would like to be. Uh, but, uh, cause I don't, I've never had an experience with a Yamaha that's bad, it, it, whether it's an acoustic upright grand piano or electric piano, their electric, their keyboards are phenomenal. And just the true Testament, when you press a flute sound, which is probably my favorite auxiliary sound, they have breath control. And it's like, you really feel like you're breathing into that instrument, the harder you play or the lighter you play or the inflection you give it. It's not, doesn't feel synthesized. So I feel like Yamaha really has done an excellent job. So I love their um, equipment. That's probably what I prefer to play. Yeah, get that sponsorship. That would be awesome if you could. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yes, I currently in, in my room right here, I have a YC61 and a YC73 and a, YC, and a Yamaha Upright. That was my father's piano oh. when I was growing up. This, this oh, yeah. And a, Hammond, and a Hammond SK2. To replicate a B3. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You need to get out there and do it. Yeah, it's uh, invested enough with that company. I'm sure they can uh, kick back yeah. a little bit towards you. That would be nice. Get some advertisement in magazines and stuff like that as well. Right. But they're, yeah, their instruments are great. And I play, I'm a, kind of a heavy player at times because when, when, when you're playing a Professor Longhair, you know, Big Chief tune, which is kind of well known at Mardi Gras or any of those different, you can't. You, you can't dance around that you just like you're all in or all out so for those kind of tunes i need an instrument that's that's not afraid of that level of vol of volume and so but then again i'm also play lighter tunes uh, that require you know a little more dexterity and or, or a little more control nice nice yeah. you have worked with bobby rush i had him here on this oh time. he's it's a yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, my father had too. He, my, Bobby was a big Malico artist, and I think my father played on several Bobby Rush um, sessions. But yes, he and Bobby has collaborated some with the. I play, play with the, the mentioned the Blue Monday All Stars, and we do a Blue Monday Mission of featuring all sorts of artists throughout the country, 
and we are we are a house band, but we collaborate with others and we perform on festival stages and that sort of thing. And Bobby was gracious enough um, to come to one of our shows and closed it out because I don't think you can follow Bobby Rush. Yeah, what an entertainer! You know, it makes that another one makes it look so easy. Yeah, but yeah, following him is kind of not a good idea. So we needed we needed him to close out what we needed. But he was he was great. I love musicians that can lead a band, even though you might never have played live. You know, a, a song that he happens to be doing, he just knows how to make eye to eye contact. Like as a musician, my job is to not look down and make sure I'm playing the right notes. I've just got it. That's where you're. You you know your training has just got to take over. But it's watching the body language of the other musician and the, and the lead, and they point. They even glance at you. Yeah. You got to get ready to do something. <laughs> you got some great gigs, yeah, I'm sure. Gosh, what, what a legend! It's just it's so sweet. Yeah, gosh. yeah, yeah. He's a lot. He's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, there have been some really amazing people to perform with. Ellis Hall is one of them, who was the lead of Tower of Power uh, for many years. He's a blind artist, but so amazingly talented and he could play every instrument that was in, invented and and um i had a chance to perform and collaborate with him on occasion and it and, uh, yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. so you you've gone up to the baton rouge blues festival what's that like uh performing up with uh folks in the, the i believe northern part of the state Baton Rouge, well, Baton Rouge is directly east of us. So yeah, it, we would still consider it part of the South. It's still considered in that good, the good zone. Not that the North is the bad, but the the, the, the zone of music uh, talent is so rich, even through Baton Rouge corridor to, to New Orleans. So I, it didn't feel an awful lot different than the Lafayette vibe, but you've got a little more industry there and in the university at LSU. Um, so that I think the the audience was really receptive because they are not probably as overly saturated with with the blues and we added some some kind of a gospel touch and a little bit of a jazz touch. They weren't overly saturated with that as we maybe you know can be in in, in Lafayette. So it's nice to have crowds of people that seem to really understand what we're doing and those those performances. Uh, we have some amazing um, singers that join our stage and just uh, just amazing cast of musicians that mm. you just you get, like when you look around you and you realize what everybody brings to the table and that we all the the synergy is just going to be great regardless of what song is picked it's less about song selection more about the artist selection on the stage mm. yeah so those were those gigs were really fun and we that dovetailed right after or right before our I think our festival international performance, which was if that if there's a festival that you ever entertain attending in Lafayette, uh, of course, Festival of Cotians is, is very, um, very well attended. Um, but Festival International is, is amazing because there are artists from all over the globe. But uh, so it does kind of open up beyond just the uh, Acadian French culture. Yeah, it's got a huge influence there. I'm sure the cuisine is just like when they mix that with the music, it's like it's so exotic and special. Right, right. Yeah, the cuisine is just uh, that's yeah. icing on the cake. So it's really hard to stay physically fit 
um, in South Louisiana. That's, it's that's kind of the challenge. I was like, I was thinking of that because I spent some time in New Orleans and they, the CVB just spoiled me. This was ages ago. Yeah. Right. Uh, wow. Oh my gosh. I love that food. But you know, some people don't like the spice and everything. I just love that. I, I could I, speak. It's, like, it's an acquired taste. And yeah. And, I, and again, from I'm from Mississippi. So it's a little bit of, of New Orleans-esque uh, growing up in Jackson. But um, yeah, I was not really prepared for the level of spice in Louisiana until we got here. So now I know, and uh, at Crawfish are our, our series. I played at the Kentucky Derby um, with a, a very fun Zydeco blues band uh, led by Dickie Carrier. And we, they brought a truckload, truckloads of crawfish that were prepared by chefs for this event that we performed for. As soon as the last Derby race occurred, then we hit our, hit our first note and that was quite a spectacle to see all of the fine the people dressed in their Kentucky Derby finery trying to eat crawfish in a clean way. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the Louisiana musicians like, no, we'll show you what to do. And then I think our lead just took off and ate his share of crawfish very, very quickly. Oh, that's so, great. So, yeah. You have yeah, the mint juleps when you were up there and at the Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and those were fun. Those that was a fun, uh, very talking about the Kentucky crowd was very receptive to what we what we were bringing to the table. And I was trying my my hardest to channel my inner, you know, John Cleary and Professor Longhair and, and others that have come way before me. Oh, neat, neat. So are, how much uh, teaching are you doing? Have you been doing that all along, even when you were in finance? Were you always into teaching? I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been teaching probably for the past 15 years. So yes, when I um, started teaching probably the last 10 years when I was in, in banking on the side, I would, I would teach on a Saturday or teach in the evening, you know, whenever I had the time. Um, but cause I didn't, I don't have a, a music degree, you know, and that, that initially I thought that would have to preclude me from being able to teach but I had such a desire to share what I, what helped me because I didn't, I'm not the average piano student that only learned one way. And I had learned so many different ways that I wanted to be able to share what worked for me in case there was that student that was a little out of the box in learning. And that's, so usually those are the students that I would receive the ones that wanted to learn a little bit more by ear training, improvisational training, and um, they would generally funnel them or adults, you know, for that same matter, some adults that really just had a desire, but adults are quite interesting and very hard to teach because they're very impatient. Sure. And they, they want it like right away. And yeah. it's like, that takes a lot of time to really start to, because to get your muscle memory and your, your skills to catch up with, where your head, you know, is in terms of what it wants to hear. So um, the adults are hard, but I find if there's something they really want to learn, they will do it. I had a gentleman that really wanted to learn a Joe Cocker tune from day one. He'd never had a music lesson in his life. Huh. And we went, we went straight into the deep water and it turned out he wanted to play it for his wife. Oh, how neat. And he did. So we, we learned it, but it had some interesting voicings at the beginning. I'm like, we can do this. And he would grunt, he would work at it and work at it. And he really, um, he got it. And so now he's playing music. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because it's a dream of a lot of us, you know, being able to do that. It's what a gift. It's, well, it's in the ear aspect, there aren't a whole lot of textbooks that really explain it, but it really is all about hearing the different instruments that are playing in a song, finding where they are in the register of the piano and which ones are not are more important than the others. And how do you scale it? You know, knowing you only have two hands and a, two feet. Excellent. Excellent. So when shall we see your new album, your, your next recording? When is that, when is that slated to be released? I would imagine probably the first of the uh, first of next year. Again, our session scheduled for the end of October. So by the time that that's um, mixed and mastered and and produced, I'm thinking by January, if not a little bit, a little bit sooner. So at least that's my goal to have that for sure in um, in hand to be able to to um, help share what what Joyride is all about for me. Um, and again, it, it's a it's a it's everything's a journey uh but i really do feel that i'm writing better now than i could have in my former self 10 or 15 years ago because i just hear things differently so i think I'm, i mean i did record you know about about 15 years ago songs but i really um i don't know that i don't really feel that that was exactly representative of the uninhibited way that I play today. So now, now I'm, um, I'm all in and really enjoying honoring those musicians that have meant so much to me. Again, I point to Dave Grusin and David Benoit and just certain songs that I would hear as a youngster, just be like unable to speak. It moved me so much uh, musically. And then I would just scrounge to the piano to try to learn any part of that to recreate it. Uh, and so this, and the fact that, uh, you know, Dave, um, the, the piece written on Golden Pond, I think that was the one I very first tried to really learn by ear on my own. And that's a pretty complicated piece, but it just spoke to me. And there's a song that I wrote called Rosie's Glide uh, for my mom that uh, about Jonathan Livingston Seagull uh, kind mm. of imagery inspired probably by our Golden Pond. So I think the songs that meant, mean something to you as a young child, as just stay, stay yeah. with you. If they're meant to stay, if, if that's meant to be a sound that you're supposed to produce. Yeah. That's really neat. And I, yeah. and I love, I've, I've collaborated a lot on other, you know, other people's recordings and, and sessions. And that's always been a delight too. I mean, they're just being able to, to help others show what show what's in their heart and, and have fun so I've, I've enjoyed a lot of that work uh, here, here in this market too good well we hope to see you in atlanta that would be great if you can get up uh this way and uh get to the coast and go through the carolinas that would be really nice i i really love that you know i love Asheville. i love uh, that, that whole uh corridor of the country i think every time i i get in that in your general vicinity, I just can breathe. And it's yeah. just the, the, the topography is great, but just the um, inspiration is, is great. I, I was uh, recently able to go to the Black Hills on, on you know, a different part in, in South Dakota and felt that same kind of energy. Um, and that was, that was a real 
real thrill. So I just look, I think nature is such a powerful healer. Even if you feel stressed, just find yourself out in nature to, and just observe and listen and be still for a little while, you know, and then that's all that always helps me write, helps me perform better. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for dropping by and uh, we'll look for your new recording in uh, early 2023 and hopefully we'll see you here in Atlanta and uh, hopefully a great future for all of us. Well, I would, I would love to, and hopefully there'll be some new uh, Mardi Gras essence um, opportunities to play in your neck of the woods in Atlanta and the, the coast. I know a lot of us really enjoy bringing that, that, joy and spirit you know to the rest of the country so i'm looking forward to collaborating and bringing fellow louisiana musicians with me that really can bring that fun fun musical vibe which is so unique you don't really hear it anywhere else you know in the globe and so and we do that here so i'm looking forward to being able to to share that very good well thank you so much thank you for your time Well, thank you so much. It was delightful and I I hope to meet you in in person someday soon. Yes, hopefully you can come to to the Red Clay Theater or Eddie's Attic here. Those are great venues. We'll tell Leanne, your your booker. (laughs) I I will. I'm I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Red Clay Theater is closer to me. It's in Duluth, Georgia, which is a beautiful place. Very, very good. I've only been, okay, Red Clay Theater. It's going down on my list. Yeah, it was um, Eddie's Attic, which is very big in Decatur. And I've been there many times. They've had all kinds of acts there. Um, Eddie split away from them and he got this place called the Red Clay Theater Foundry. It's, yeah, Duluth, Georgia. Okay, I'm I'm writing it down. I've got some really great friends that also live in Atlanta and St. and Johns Creek and some other. right near me. And I collaborate sometimes with a musician, uh, D. Lucas, who is yeah. from Atlanta. Yeah, performs St. James Live, I think is the name of the place he does perform some sometimes when he's in town. Oh, great. Well, to anyway. see the person, that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but it was a real, real pleasure. So thank you so much for inviting me to your, your podcast. Thank you. Have a good evening. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.